Welcome to the Devotional Toddcast, hosted by Pastor Todd Walker and Crossroads Church in Littleton, New Hampshire. Now, to ask you a question, are there any holidays that you don't like? Any holidays you don't really care for? Maybe on that list? Or maybe ones that are a little bit more prominent? Any holidays you don't care for? We're going to call our Toddcast tonight, Life to love. Did anyone have a yes to that before I move on? Any holidays you don't really care for? Halloween. Halloween? All right. I think we got a portion of people that don't care for Halloween. Um, here, I'm going to give you one, okay? A holiday I don't like. Cinco de Mayo. I don't like it. And the reason I don't like it is because I feel like it ushers in hot weather season. And I don't like hot weathers. I want to celebrate Cinco de Octobre, the fifth day of October, because that ushers in cool weather season. I'm going to be a little honest with you tonight, be a little transparent, and I don't want anybody to get mad at me because it'll get better, even if this makes you angry. Uh, men don't like Valentine's Day. And I'm, I was sent by men everywhere to tell you that tonight, okay? I got memo after memo after memo saying someone needs to speak up for men. Men don't like Valentine's Day. Now, before I get tomatoes thrown at me, I have to tell you that we do love the object of those whom Valentine's Day impacts, okay? We really do. We love our sweethearts. Deeply, genuinely. But what we don't like is being forced to show a specific kind of love on a specific kind of day according to the social norms of the day. Yeah. Men don't like that. And then you throw a fat naked baby with a bow and arrow on top of it. <laughs> we really don't like that. And then you surround us with red pink hearts. We really don't like that either. Men don't like Valentine's Day. But we're not savages. We love the spirit of Valentine's Day because we truly love the women in our lives. I hope, I hope most of the wives and women know that. And most guys would rather submit to the expectations of Valentine's Day than tell you our real feelings about Valentine's Day and get into hot water. Um, because we do cherish our loved ones, our sweethearts, our women. And so every 14th of February, we suck it up to let our ladies know we're crazy about them. And I know Janine is back there. Where is she? Okay, she ran away. But she knew I was going to be talking about this Sunday. She's angry at me. Uh, to let us know that we don't, we don't care that much about Valentine's Day. But you know who else doesn't like Valentine's Day? Single people. Single people don't like Valentine's Day. We made up a holiday that makes half of the people in the world feel incredibly awkward. We did. It's like if we had a holiday called Great Hair Day. Those of us with follicle challenges would feel pretty awkward that day, wouldn't we? And we would hide under our hats until Great Hair Day passed for another year. So the question that this, and this is going to set up what we're talking about tonight, is what do we do with this holiday called Valentine's Day? Some people love it. Other people don't care for it. And I think it's quite simple what we do with this holiday. We redeem it. Like most things, we redeem it. And we can redeem it. Because the entire point of this holiday is to love those who are precious to us, right? That's what Valentine's Day is about. And that's a good thing, isn't it? That's a really good thing. Jesus was all about love. And as much as the culture likes to think that maybe St. Valentine is the one who invented love, he did no such thing, did he? I don't know if you know the history of St. Valentine, but beyond never even knowing or agreeing to this holiday, especially with his name attached to it, St. Valentine was a simple, humble servant of Jesus. Did you know that? St. Valentine, the man that Valentine's Day is based after. I, I'm not a historian, but I decided to do a little research on St. Valentine, and this is what I found from the internet. Again, you can fact check me, see if this is accurate. But I'm just going to read you a blurb of what I found about St. Valentine. It says, while under house arrest of Judge Asterius and discussing his faith with him, Valentinus, the Latin version of his name, 
was discussing the validity of Jesus, whether Jesus was who he said he was. And the judge decided to put Valentinus to the test and brought to him the judge's adopted blind daughter. If Valentinus succeeded in restoring the girl's sight, Judge Asterius would do whatever he asked. So Valentinus prayed to God, laid his hands on her eyes, and the child's vision was restored. Immediately humbled, the judge asked Valentinus what he should do. And Valentinus replied that all of the idols around the judge's house should be broken, and that the judge should fast for three days and then undergo the Christian sacrament of baptism. The judge obeyed, and as a result of his fasting and prayer, he freed all the Christian inmates under his authority. The judge, his family member, and his 44-member household of adult family members and servants were baptized. Valentinus was later arrested again for continuing to evangelize, and so he was sent to the prefect of Rome, to the emperor Claudius Gothicus. Claudius took a liking to Valentinus until Valentinus tried to convince him of the Christ. Claudius refused and condemned Valentinus to death, commanding that Valentinus either renounce his faith in Jesus or he would be beaten with clubs and beheaded. Valentinus refused to renounce his faith and was executed outside the Flamian Gate on February 14th, 269. Isn't that wild? The same date we're celebrating now is the anniversary of his martyrdom for not renouncing his faith in Jesus. That's remarkable, isn't it? I think that's an amazing story. St. Valentine was a humble servant of Jesus, and his entire ministry and legacy is based upon the death, resurrection, and teachings of Jesus. And so I think that means St. Valentine gets nor wants any credit for thinking that loving others is a good idea. Because it was not his idea, was it? If he was alive today watching our culture celebrate this holiday in his name, I believe he'd be sad by that. I think he would gladly admit that he was nothing more than a humble follower of Jesus and that Jesus and God the Father are the real inventors of love. What I think is cool is that eternal life and love come packaged together from God as a gift to mankind. I want to read a passage from John 14. John 14, of course, Jesus is speaking, and he says this. He says in verse 21, Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. Now, did you ever get a present that came with two or three parts to it? You ever get one of those presents? It has like two or three parts to the present. Well, my sister for my birthday got Janine and I, and we haven't redeemed it yet, but it's a handsome cab ride at the Mount Washington Hotel. That's a cool gift, right? And Lord willing, we'll be able to go in the snow when it's all beautiful. And that's a really cool gift on its own. It is. But because my sister's smart and she knew we couldn't redeem that gift without a little extra help, she, she came, it came packaged with some free child care to help us be able to go and redeem the gift. At least I think it's free. I'll have to make sure. Christy, Christy we'll talk about that later. Um, but, but here's the reality is one gift without the other would mean we probably couldn't use the gift, even if the gift is an amazing gift. And so it is with loving one another. If God came down to this earth to dead souls, which is what we were, and he told us to love one another, 
because it's such a special gift. It's such an amazing gift from God. Would it matter if we were dead souls, if we remained dead souls? And the answer is no, of course not. Now, thankfully, before we are encouraged and commanded to love, God gives us something remarkable. He offers us new life from the dead so that we have the opportunity to redeem his gift of love. Now, obviously, new life is an amazing gift on its own. And obviously, the opportunity to love others is an amazing gift on its own. But one without the other does not impact our lives or change anyone else's life. I want you to consider with me, if we were given new life but no new purpose other to con- than to continue to live in sin and selfish sin, our lives would be no better than they were before. And our sin would lead us straight to hell and separation from God. And if we were given the commandment to love our neighbors but not new life, we'd be unable to do what God desires and we'd remain dead for the rest of eternity. One gift without the other is useless to us and to the rest of the world. But here's what's cool. When God saves us both from the sin and the death that follows that sin, and he grants us new life with Jesus, then when he commands us and encourages us to love our neighbor, we have the greatest present of all time. Because now we can do exactly as God desires us to do, according to his power. And Jesus is the one who made this present a reality by his death and resurrection. So now, not only can we love one another, but it's our new nature to do so. It's against our nature to not love. Did you know that? Now it's against our nature to be selfish. It's against our nature to live in sin. Now it's our nature to love our neighbor. And we're most pleasing to God when we're loving others. And to think about this for a moment, our enemy used to have us chained to sin and death. We were his slaves. We were spiritually dead and useless to God just the way the devil wants it. We had no purpose whatsoever except to live out our days like dead people and await eternal death. But what's cool is that the legacy of St. Valentine represents to us life and love is an enduring legacy because his legacy lived on. And this is a legacy that cannot be overcome by evil and darkness. Life and love, when they're together, is an enduring eternal legacy. And even though St. Valentine was martyred for his faith in Jesus, if anyone now looks at the history of how Valentine's Day began, they're going to find the legacy of a man who stared death and evil in the face and boldly lived for love and lived for Jesus. In fact, after reading about St. Valentine, I no longer hate St. Valentine's Day because I see it for what it is. I see it as a made-up holiday that no one is commanded to keep, but I also see it that it has deep roots of the gospel of Jesus Christ of both life and love that he gave to mankind, and that is a gift to mankind. So we have an opportunity before us as a church. We can live like dead people, still in our sins, selfishness, death, or we can rise up like the live saints we are, like Valentinus did, and we can boldly go forward in love because of the new life and the great grace that God has made available to us. And I would say, what better legacy for Crossroads Church than to be considered people who shamelessly lived for love and truth in a culture that's moving away from both. So now the Lord has allowed me to steer the ship called Crossroads Church, and thankfully the GPS coordinates have already been set, haven't they? They've already been set on the Lord himself and upon loving our neighbors. And so all we have to do is keep that steady course, don't we? Keep looking straight ahead to our Lord, straight ahead to love, and we can do the same as Valentinus did and have the same lasting legacy. Because when Jesus comes back to this earth, as we discussed from John 13, what is the thing that's going to identify us as his followers? 
going to be love. Loving our neighbor is going to be the way that he recognizes that we belong to him. And therefore, I want us to keep the legacy of life to love going at Crossroads Church because we can and because it's honoring to the Lord who made it possible. So therefore, as a prayer tonight, as we close, Jesus, remind us of the new life we have in you and motivate us forward to stand up to the evil in our culture with the fiercest weapon of all time, Christ-like love. And we thank you for the privilege of doing so. It's in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Devotional Toddcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. Learn more about us at CrossroadsOfLittleton.com. Crossroads Church, seeking to shine the light and love of Jesus in the heart of New England.